gifts of healings. Um, you can have tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, gifts. And you can have the anointing come on you, and it activates the gift, and then you operate in the gift. But there's another realm. It's called the glory of God. And when the glory of God comes, it's no longer you operating in your faith. You're operating in God's faith. You're no longer operating in your gifts. You're operating in the spirit of unlimited. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. There's another realm. That's just the training realm. The anointing and the gifts are just a training realm. <laughs> While you're hanging out in the wilderness... But when you come into the promised land, you can operate out of the glory of God. Amen. Look at the person next to you say, we've all got some growing to do. What does that glory look like? That's the dominion mantle that Jesus walked in when he looked at something that was dead and said, get up. That's the realm where a man is filled with a legion of demons and he says, leave. That's the realm where he's walking on the water in a storm. That's the realm when he says, peace be still. That's the realm where he puts five loaves and two fish in his hand and he feeds the multitudes. That's the glory realm. And that realm is available. But if we're going to continue to just play in the chicken scratch... We're not going there. And I want us as a body to move into that realm. Can you say amen? amen? That's the place where we need to move to. Because that's what Jesus died for, the fullness. Are you with me? And I remember when I got saved. Not saved. Where was I? Shambhrimende, fast forward through the files. Oh, yeah, when I got called. There we go. Called. October 29th, 2007, in my living room, I had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord called me into the ministry. That's when He called us to start the church. And in that encounter, the Lord took me to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus was hanging. But he was wearing this white robe around his waist that I would see in the Catholic Church. He'd be up on the cross wearing this white robe around his waist. And the Lord said to me that when Jesus was hung on the cross, he wasn't wearing that white piece of cloth that you saw on him in the Catholic Church. He was hung naked and ashamed. Think about that for a second. And... Before I had that encounter with the Lord in that year, I had a couple, I had the same dream twice or three times. And anytime you have a dream twice or three times, you know God's talking about something serious. Pay attention. And so in this dream, I would wake up in public naked. And the dream was so real that in, the, in my mind, in the dream, I'm like, what the hell are you doing out of your house without clothing on? That's what's going through my head. That's how real it was, Brother Tonka. And so I am in this dark city. It's a concrete city. 
There's shadows everywhere. It's gloomy. It feels eerie. It feels... Uh, it's, it's like a place in the spirit that, that it's, the, it's the devil's playground. That's the only way that I can describe it. And I am trapped in this courtyard that I cannot escape from. There's no way out. And on the walls around the courtyard, these demonic figures appear. And they are snickering. They are sneering. They are laughing. And I felt shame. Because I couldn't cover myself, I couldn't run, I couldn't hide, there was nowhere to go. Look at the person next to you say, this was a dream. dream. People are like, pastor was in the the city naked. (laughs) I got caught in the city naked by demons. So remember, we're talking the month of October, right? We're talking about exposing the devil. We're, we're, not, we're not having it, and we're not playing with, with Halloween and all that stuff. Can, we're not watching the horror movies. We, don't, we, are not, we are not hanging out with darkness. We're going to walk in the light. We want to walk in the glory and the light of God. We want that to shine. Can you say amen? And if it's going to get darker in the world, it's going to get brighter in the church. Are you with me? And so in this dream, I'm stuck in this... In this courtyard, and I can't escape, and I'm just feeling intense shame. I'm feel, I can't escape, and I'm trapped, and the devil is mocking me. Are you mocking me? Yes, the devil was mocking me. And I had this dream three times, and I was disturbed by this dream. I went to my spiritual mom, and I told her the dream. I'm like, is this something sexually wrong with me? Do I want to go out in public naked? Is this something that I need to deal with in my spirit here? Just let me know. Correct me if I need to be corrected. Because if this is some deep thing inside of me that I need exposed, go ahead, Jesus, whatever. <laughs> and so when I had this encounter with the Lord in, my, in, in the office, when he called me into the ministry, the dream replays. God plays the whole dream for me. And then he takes me to the cross and I see Jesus The waist, and the Lord says to me, when he was hung on the cross, he was hung naked and ashamed. And this is what he said. He said, you've been using your talents, your gifts, and your abilities to cover your nakedness. You know, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when they sinned, they made fig leaves to cover their nakedness. He said, you're using your talents, your gifts, and your abilities to cover your nakedness. And the enemy sees through it, and he mocks you. But Jesus was hung on the cross naked and ashamed so you could wear the glory man lost in the garden. And ever since the Lord has called me, I have been on the journey to wear the mantle, to wear the glory that man lost in the garden. It is a dominion mantle. And the Lord has been talking to me lately about the glory realm. And I have pressed into this realm in seasons past, but I wouldn't go anywhere because it was the wrong timing. Look at the person next to you and say, we're in a season where we're going to move into the realms of glory. And I know that realm. I've had tastes of that realm. Whoo, shamble, baby. 
So when we sing the songs, here comes the glory of the Lord. When we sing King of Glory, we're talking about the doxa glory and His majesty and kingship. Are you, you hearing me? You can stand here and you can sing that song. Here comes the glory of the Lord and tap your hand on your arm. Or you could be filled with the glory of the Lord. Where you can open up and you can let the glory enter. You can say, God, come and fill this temple to the place where I cannot stand. Lord, come in with your authority, kingly glory, and everything that's in me that is not surrendered to your lordship, let it bow. Lord, I don't want to just visit the glory realm when the worship team sings on Sunday morning. I want the settling, dwelling presence of God to just come and reside on the inside of me that when people look at me they see a light in my face and they're naturally attracted and drawn to me and say you got something that I uh, what, what you got you're different you're like a light you stand out in the darkness and then you want to operate in the realm where the fullness of God unlocks on the inside of you and you're operating in the spirit of that's when someone's crip and they walk. Are you with me? Cripple. So, you know, this church at Pure isn't a formula. Church at Pure isn't a program. Church at, it's not about streaming. It's not about the next CD set or podcast, whatever, thumb drive. It's about a group of people that are hungry for God. There's no formulas. There's no three songs and offering and a... We got to go through some stuff, but it can't be choppy. It has to be in flow with the Holy Ghost and what God wants to do. Can you say amen? Because we are a group of people after the glory realm. We're not just coming to attend some meeting. I don't want to leave this building the same way I came in. I want to have an encounter with Almighty God where my life is radically shifted before I leave here. But that means you've got to take your watch off, put it aside, and be willing to wait on the Lord. Like we did at Pure Conference. We can have that here every week. Why do we only have to fast one time a year? Harvest Festival weekend's coming up in three weeks. We're going to have the Friday night prayer in here and the prayer caravan. And we're going to go take flyers out on the streets and invite people from our community to come the next day. Tell them about Jesus. And then we're going to have the most epic event on this property we've ever had. More people getting saved on Halloween than any other time of the year. And just like the enemy wants to cloud the month of October with darkness, we're saying, no, we're going to make it light. So why don't we fast and pray coming up to that weekend? And show up at prayer night, fired up, ready to see the weekend where people's lives are forever impacted for eternity. Families to never, ever be the same again. 
marriage relationships restored. Sick bodies healed. People that are bound to pharmaceuticals and medication and with conditions that are told you'll, you'll never break out of this. Put kids on meds when they're 9 and 10 years old and they're going to have to take that medication for the rest of their lives. No, Jesus is the Son of God. And He has the power to set the captive free. There were these guys, four friends. And they had a buddy who was Crip. <laughs> Cripple. He was on a stretcher. The guy had no faith to be healed. The guy had no way of being healed. But four friends said, we're going to get this guy to Jesus. Those are real friends. In South Africa, you'd be a canoni. It's a real friend. Look at the person next to you and say, you're my best canoni. Yeah, that's right. You're my friend. You're my best friend. You're my canoni. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys know it, but I sure do. And they made a plan to bring their friend to Jesus. They couldn't get in through the crowd, so they ripped the roof open. And they lowered him into the building. Those friends were ready to go to jail. They wanted to get their friend healed. What length will you go to to bring somebody to the meeting to get them saved? When they have no faith for their own lives, you have faith for them. And you, you'll do anything in your power to get them to the meeting. Because you know if you can just get them to the meeting, Jesus will touch them. Jesus will heal them. Jesus will set them free. I feel an anointing this morning. And so this is a month, man. We're going for it. And if it's too hot in the kitchen, there's very lukewarm churches down the road that you can visit. It's about 400 in this city. Can you say amen? How can there be 400 churches in a city, but the city not be transformed? I'm just asking a question. Just a question. I'm just asking for a friend. And I'm sorry, we're not going to be that church. We're going to be some lukewarm church that Jesus spews us out of his mouth saying, I wish that you'd be hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. You're disgusting to me. Can you say amen? amen? And so family, we're going after this thing as a church. We're going after us carrying the glory of God in us. Can you say amen? amen. And that means that we have to press into the things of God and make the kingdom of God our primary focus. Church isn't a place that you just attend like you go to soccer or to the gym. It's not some social club that we're part of that we go visit and we clock our time in on the weekend. No, your lifestyle. Say, my lifestyle has to change. That means I live in the kingdom. I live by the laws of God. That's what real righteousness is. When you're in right standing with God, you're under the government of God and you live in right standing with the laws of heaven. If you didn't live according to the laws of the land, you'd be unrighteous. You'd go to jail. But yet we think we can break the laws of God and get away with it? God bless me, but I'm not willing. 
I'm not willing to surrender to your lordship and your laws and your kingdom government authority. But I'm here saying, bless me, Jesus. It doesn't work. That's a spoiled brat. What do you call spoiled brats? They're entitled. They're entitled. There's nothing worse than an entitled Christian. Just because you attend church, you think God's supposed to open the heavens and bless you, but you won't correct your lifestyle. I'm just talking. It's not my message. I'm just unloading what's in my spirit this morning. Is it good, G? Say that over the mic. It's real good. Thanks, Gigi. I don't know if anybody feels the way I feel. You say, I can't believe he's doing that. He's wrecking the whole service. Listen, you know what? My wife and I, we're very smart people. You might not know this. We made a decision. We made a decision 15 years ago. We were going to build business to fund ministry. So that our salaries wouldn't come from tithes and offerings. You say, well, why would you want to do that? So that I can get up here and do exactly what I'm doing. And whether you give or not, it doesn't make a difference. I'm going to tell the truth like it is. We're going to be free from the formulas. And we're going to be real about this thing. In Africa, you need the raw, real power of God to survive. We don't need some fake religion where we got, our, we, we got our masks on. We pretend like everything's fine. And we look at each other like on the inside, you know things are a mess. But on the outside, you're faking and you're pretending when there's an altar for you to come to to get your breakthrough. But you won't come to the altar and get your breakthrough and cry out to God like blind Bartimaeus set me free because you care about what other people think. And so you stay stuck in that world. And so there's a cross and there's an altar for you to break through. And we're not here to perform. We're not like entertainers. We're ministers. And you have to come hungry. You have to come desperate. You've got to come desiring. You have to come believing. When you get here, you need to come and say, God, when I join with my brothers and sisters on Sunday to celebrate you, to praise you, to honor you without giving. When we come to this place in unity to lift up worship, we're expecting a day of Pentecost where the glory of God comes and fills the building. Where everything bows to the Lordship of Jesus. Where I'm not looking to a man to lay his hands on me. I'm looking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come in his glory and touch me and change me and shift me. That's what I'm looking for. I want the throne of heaven to take residence. So we got to break out of the mold. That's what I'm doing. I'm breaking a mold. It's shattering. That's what I, I break stuff. I shoot religious cows in the head. I want to blow some. I want to blow some cows up next door. I love the fact that I live on like a little farm area, but my neighbor's cows. Let me talk about my neighbor's cows for a second. At 1 a.m. in the morning. 1 a.m. in 
like, what is that? They're like, they're giving birth. Like the, like the bull is like sticking horns and murdering something. And they're just talking to one another. I don't know who trained these cows. It's like some of the kids, when they run onto the playground, they scream bloody murder. And I'm like, who's dying on the playground? That's not normal. Can you say amen? I want us to live in the promised land. I don't want to talk about it. I want us to live there. And it takes you giving all to Jesus. It takes everything. And you've got to be hungry. You know, it's like if you don't eat for three days. It's like, I've got to eat something. That's how you have to be about the things of God. I have to eat more word. I have to have more of his presence. Can you say amen? And, you know, I understand we can't do church every night here. People have families. I get it. They have lives. But in your everyday, you've got to run after God. What we're doing here on Sunday should continue Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're giving every day. You're being a blessing everywhere you go. You're worshiping everywhere you go. You're telling people about Jesus everywhere you go. What you feel when you leave here on a Sunday, you can have every day of the week. But what happens is we leave church and then we go back to the old life. And you got to, you got to stop the separation between me coming to church and being the church. And you're supposed to live in the glory realm. We're supposed to live with the presence of God in us everywhere we go. And when sin and temptation comes, when the glory, when you're filled with His presence, you, it just rolls off you like, that's hilarious, devil. You're going to tempt me with that? It doesn't work. I'm dead to the things of the flesh. And I'm alive to Christ. Are you with me? He is our promise. He's everything. Everything you need is in His presence. And the blood of Jesus was shed so that we could come boldly into the presence of God to receive mercy in our time of need. So if you, if you need to break through something, there's mercy and grace for you. If there's sin you need to confess, you can break through it. You don't have to walk around with guilt and condemnation for a whole week or two weeks or six months. Do you know that the devil wants to get you in a trap? He wants to trap you on the inside in a place of misery because he tempts you with things, you bite into it, and then it becomes bitter to you. See, sin, he dangles it. Woo-hoo. You're like, ooh, that's a nice lure. And he knows exactly what to lure you with because he knows your weakness. And so he drops the lure with a shiny, dangly thing on it. And you come along and you bite it. And then he hooks you. And once he's got you, he drags you wherever he wants to. And you got to get unhooked from those things. And so if you get caught in something and the cloud of darkness, not the cloud of glory, comes and fills you. you everybody knows that cloud of darkness. It's a miserable cloud that fills your heart. There's no joy in it. There's no peace in it. It's a cloud of darkness where you have a devil sitting on your shoulder telling you all your problems, how bad you are, why you are guilty, and why you deserve punishment and death. And then depression comes, isolation comes, and you just become miserable. 
And it's tangible. You can feel that. We can look at your face and see it. And you've got to come out of the trap. And Jesus is the only one who can set you free from that trap. People get caught in sexual sin. That's the worst. It, that thing comes on you. And it just steals the life out of you. Go read the book of Proverbs. That thing's a spirit. It's not just what happens between two people. It's a spirit. And when that thing grabs you, it takes you to the den of death. And unless Jesus delivers you from that trap on the inside of what you feel, you stay stuck in death. Why should, why should I wait till I get married? Because of that. There's no life in you. Let me read it to you. I'm serious. Go to Proverbs. And this is important for you to read. Proverbs is so good for you to read. This is wisdom for your life. Proverbs chapter 2. My child, listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them like you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. So he's telling you here. This is what I'm talking about. Tune your ear. Come with your ear open. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. This is what needs to be happening on the inside of you all the time. Not just when you show up in here on Sunday morning. If this isn't happening Monday through Friday, it's not going to happen Sunday morning. And then we have to come here in praise and worship and with everything we're doing. And we have to build people up to hopefully let them get a taste of what God has for them. But if you would come hungry and thirsty and desperate, crying out, seeking the Lord, when you show up here, all these rivers and streams of anointing are now combined because we're in unity, and it unlocks the blessing of God in the house. In chapter 3, you should read it, but it's all good. Verse 16 says, wisdom will save you from the immoral woman. From the seductive words of a promiscuous woman. And now we're not talking about it, even though you can see it in a movie, the lady walks up to him with the lipstick and she's like, hey, honey. And then he melts. Seduction, but there is a spirit. Look at somebody and say, there is a spirit that seduces you. And it's a voice you hear on the inside of you that says you want that thing. What does this spirit come to do? This spirit, this seductive, seducing spirit comes to block the spirit of wisdom in your life. When this thing grabs hold of you, wisdom, you're nowhere near the wisdom of God. It cuts you off from the spirit of wisdom. You read it in the book of Proverbs 3 through 7 and 8, and it talks about this seductive thing, and it talks about the spirit of wisdom. And this thing is an enemy to the wisdom of God. And we made a decision at Pure Conference that we were going after wisdom this year. That God has given us a key to go into wisdom's tower, to read books on the wisdom of God, to have visions and dreams about what God has for the next year of our life, for the next 10 years of our life. But this thing with pornography and sleeping around and lustful pleasures and all this stuff, this thing is an enemy to the spirit of wisdom. And you've got to bring this thing to the cross and you've got to break it. Because when you get trapped in this thing, wisdom will not come to your house. Because this thing's got you bound. And in your mind, all you have revolving is lust and people and things. And you've got to break out of that on the inside of you. 
I didn't know where we're going here, but here we are. From the seductive words of promiscuous women, she has abandoned her husband. That means even they, they left the king of glory. These fallen demonic things left heaven. They fell with Satan. Abandoned her husband. She ignores the covenant before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is a road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. You go visit this place, it's over. You get trapped in that place. And family, men, woman, we don't have time for this. Can you say amen? And I want to encourage you. You need to, you need to, you need to bring that stuff to the altar. You need to lay it down. You need to say, God, this thing is stealing wisdom from my life. It's an enemy that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm not going to allow it in my heart. I'm not going to allow it in my marriage. I'm not going to allow it in my home. And we have to clean it out. Can you say amen? So let's stand. I feel like we need to have a little consecration service right now. So while I've been talking, I know stuff has been dropping in your spirit about surrendering. What do you need to surrender today? What do you need to let go today that's keeping you back from fully giving your whole life to God? What are the things holding you back? Don't say my wife, <laughs> my job. No. Those things, you got to work. You can't leave your wife. You married her. You got to fix that. You've got to work on that. My children. No, you had those kids. You love them and you raise them. Do you know that you can, you know how you serve the Lord? By loving your children, by loving your spouse. That's how you serve God. When you serve them, when you bless them, when you care for them, when you feed them, when you treat them with respect. That's the love walk I'm talking about. And, and I said it last week. If we're not going to get this straight in our families... Forget about this church being anything. Because if we can't get it together at home, how are we going to be a light to a world that can't keep a marriage and a home together? And so we're quick to preach about other people's marriages and other people's kids. But what about your house? We've got opinions about how other people should manage everything. As a distraction because we don't even have the ability to do it ourselves. So it's easier to point fingers at other people than it is to take a look at your life and fix what's broken. We're having church today. Not having some religious traditional Sunday morning service. Can you say amen? We're going to tell the truth. We're going to talk about real issues. And we're going to do what needs to take to fix it. And we're going to be a house of glory. We're going to be a group of people that are hungry for God. Can you say amen? Without Him, we can do nothing. And family, there is a realm that we can step into that's far greater than what we have right now. Can you say amen? amen. And so I don't, know, I don't know what you need to surrender this morning. You're welcome to come up here and lay it down. You're welcome to surrender it in your seat. But we're, we're going to have a Jesus, come to Jesus moment. Can you say amen? amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I love you.
and I love pasta. Because he really loves me. And he loves you, God. And I don't like what he's saying right now. But I know he's right. And it's not about right and wrong. It's about pleasing you, God. And I want my life to please you. And I'm, I'm complacent. And there's more. And I need to surrender to another level to step into the next realm of your glory, God. You said that we would grow from glory to glory. Jesus, you said the work you started in us, you'd complete. And that work is the fullness of what you have available for us, God. It's the standard of love that you have set, God. And Father, we need grace for this. We cannot do this in our own strength. As as the person that you call to this house, God, I stand before you. And I say, Father, without your grace, I cannot do what I'm doing. Father, without your grace, this house does not stand. And Lord, I'm not here to try build this house in my own strength and my own ability. Because unless you build the house, then that labor, labor in vain. And so, God, I am asking you. We want to be a house of the glory of God. We want to be a house that has the fullness of the glory, the kabod, the shekinah, the doxa. We want the fullness of your goodness in this house, Lord God, so that we can be a lighthouse to our city, that there is hope in, in darkness, God, that people will know that there is a God who is alive and who loves. And Lord, you said, and hey, you said it, God, not me. You said the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so, God, we're asking you to come and clean house. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. And I declare that you're my Lord, you're my Savior. And I ask you, God, to come clean house. Come in with the whips. Whatever you need to clean out, whatever you need to throw out, whatever table you need to throw over. Because you said the ha your house should be a house of prayer. A place where we commune with God. And everything in us that is separating us from communion and union with God. Lord Jesus, come and drive it out. Drive it out of us personally. Drive it out of this church, God. Because we want to be a church hey, that's pure. That climbs the mountain of the Lord. That stands in the holy place. That walks with God. So just have some words with the Lord right where you're standing. He's, he's a contract kind of God. Talk to Him. What do you need to be free from? What do you need to change? What are you going to do for Him? You've got to surrender your life. You've got to stop fighting. You've got to stop fighting for control. Let him be in control.
I feel that hitting home right now. You've got to surrender the fight where you want to control everything. You have to put your trust in the Lord. You've got to trust Him. Because if you don't trust Him, you won't surrender. And you have to make a decision that He's trustworthy. You've got to make a decision that He loves you. You've got to make a decision that what He says in His Word is true, and I'm going to stop fighting His Word. I'm going to stop fighting His will. If you have anything on the inside of you that says you shouldn't go to church, that's something that's fighting, that's something in your will that's fighting the will of God. Something in you that's fighting giving. Something in you that's fighting reading your Bible. Something in you that's fighting worshiping. Something in you that's fighting walking in love. There's a resistance. It comes from the flesh. There's a resistance to God. And we've got to break those walls down and let Him in. Father, this spirit of lust, this seducing spirit that comes to wrap our minds in lust, that comes to fill our minds with imagery that is unholy and unpure. Father, everything that has been done to every single person that is unholy and unpure, that has brought shame and uncleanness, that thing that torments the mind, that has people trapped in its web, where they cannot escape from it, God that has put lenses over their eyes where they can't see with pure thoughts. I come against it now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the authority of the name of Jesus, from the doxa glory of God, you bow your knee and you loose them. You lose their mind, you lose their will, you lose their emotions, you lose their imagination. You come out of their body and every thought that goes through their minds that's unholy and impure. Father, let the fire of God burn it now. Burn the hard drive, burn the stored memories, burn the emotions attached to it. Father, every place where there has been Oh, you need to be releasing stuff right now where you're standing. If there's stuff in your heart, the Lord wants, the Lord is cleaning house right now in this area. And if there's stuff you're carrying, you need to just open up and say, Lord, I'm releasing this stuff now. Forgive me for participating in it. Can you say amen? And Father, I thank you now that every soul tie, every connection that has been made through unholy things, Father, we break it now in the name of Jesus. It looses you now in the name of Jesus. Uncleanness is stripped off you now. I I strip it from you now. Shame stripped from you now. And that voice of condemnation, silence. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus, Father. 
that washes and cleanses the hearts of your people today. Cleanse them, Lord. Ah, there it is. Let the fire burn. Let the blood wash and cleanse. Take a deep breath. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, all desire for it looses you now. It looses you. That thing that draws you, that desire, that hooks you, that pulls you, we cut that line now in the name of Jesus. We unhook you from it. Ha! It's gone. It has no hold on you from this day forward in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. There's the anointing. I feel it right now. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking off you. There it goes. Those ropes that tie you and hold you down are being cut now in the name of Jesus. Take another deep breath. Father, I thank you for the spirit of life. I thank you for rivers of living water flowing right now, Lord God. Fill them with living water. And every sexual abuse and every sexual trauma that you are still trapped in. Rambo Sende, forgive that person, release it now. You say, I don't want to. If you will release it, the Lord will heal you, He'll cleanse you, He'll wash you. It was like He did it to somebody else. If you've had an abortion, then we need to clean that thing up too. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. That's another trap the devil wants to put you in. You, the Lord is setting people free today. I'm telling you right now, you'll never be the same again today. Father, I thank you now that that guilt, that shame, that, that stronghold of the enemy that has held them down, that has kept them trapped in trauma and misery, God, is broken. Today, in the name of Jesus, the cage breaks. The prison doors are opened. And God is healing you today. God is restoring you today. Just thank Him. Say, Father, I thank You. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace, God. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. You are the one that sets the captive free. The stuff that you're stuck in your head that you've had is being broken out of here today. Broken. That web, that trap, that pit. He's reaching right into that darkness and he's pulling you out. In Jesus' name. Can you say thank you? Singing, singing. When your joy comes upon me, all that I can do is start dancing, dancing. Up your name, you are the way, the truth.